I was reading about comparing Greek mythology to superhero movies now, and we all had this concept of a all-powerful being who does what they can to help people who are less powerful. And it's a recurring theme all throughout history. You can go back and say, oh, well, there's all of these guys. Like you have Greek gods and Roman mythology mm -hmm. and all of these figures who they came down from the heavens and saved everyone. That's <laughs> that's literally Avengers 2. Like that <laughs> happened. Welcome to the Real Talk Podcast. From Real FM, here's Anson, Kara, and Isaac. Hello and welcome to episode three of Real Talk. I am Anson. I'm Isaac. And I'm Kara. That was a very official sounding way to introduce ourselves. <laughs> we yes. kind of just went around in a yes. circle. <laughs> you know, introducing podcasts, I've decided, is the hardest part of the podcast. It, it is. Yeah. It's kind it's of awkward. figuring out how to begin. Part of it is, I really want to say good morning because it's morning right now as we're recording this, but it's a podcast. Yeah. And so people could be listening to it at literally any time of day or night. It's right. timeless. Right. So you're not supposed to say good morning or good afternoon or whatever. You can't date the content, man. Although I just did. <laughs> now everyone's going to know, like, you know, if they're listening to this in the afternoon, it's going to take them out of the experience because we're talking about how Sorry. we recorded it in the morning. So I apologize for taking you out of the experience. Obviously, we're still trying to figure out this whole podcasting thing, but we're having a lot of fun doing it. That's right. And as we're figuring this out, we would love your feedback. So whatever platform you listen to this on, if it has a way to critique or rate it, please do because we'd love your feedback. And also that's how we get noticed. People rate us and then people find us that way. Exactly. Yeah. We're on Stitcher now, by the way, that uh, was the last platform hey that we were waiting on to approve us. And they did approve us yesterday. So awesome. thumbs we're up, Stitcher. On every major platform. We're big shots now, basically. <laughs> So okay. <laughs> on the first two episodes, we tackled a couple of different topics. We talked about generational stereotyping. Yeah, no big deal. And then uh, episode one, we talked about secular versus Christian music. So we've gone with some heavier topics to start right. with. Yes. And so we were kind of thinking maybe for episode three, we're going to dial it back just a bit. <laughs> maybe go with something a little bit lighter for our big idea this week. Superheroes. Because superhero movies and everything else are everywhere. It seems like there's always a Marvel movie coming out. Yes. I think that's true. DC is still kind of trying to figure out their stuff. They're starting uh, to but, get that way but more. But they're catching up a little bit. Wonder yeah. Woman was a big deal. Yes. And so uh, I think, yeah, maybe they're starting to make a little bit of a splash as well. So we decided uh, today we're going to talk about superheroes. Maybe our favorite superheroes, least favorite superheroes. <laughs> what can we learn from superhero movies? Yeah. What can we not learn from them? And is it time for some of them to go away? <laughs> they oversaturated themselves. But we're going to start with what we're into this week, like always here on Real Talk. So I'll start this week with what I'm into. I am into birthday gift shopping this week because oh. it was my wife's birthday this week. Nice. It's always a little bit tricky to find the perfect birthday gift for your spouse. Mm, yes. And uh, my wife had given me her list of things that uh, she was kind of interested in. And so I was looking at some of the different items that were on the list. And one of the items that she mentioned was a... I'm not going to get this right because I'm a dude and she's not a dude I'm ready for this. And her gifts are not always dude things. <laughs> Imagine um, that. Yeah. She wanted a hair straightener brush. Oh, so apparently there's, there's hair straighteners, which normally kind of look like wands, right? Yeah. They're yeah. just, yeah, they're flat. Yeah. And, like a yeah. flat iron. Isn't exactly. that one of them? They're called flat irons. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but she had seen some that are actually brushes. So it Ooh. looks like a, a brush 
and you brush your hair with it, but it's also heated. And so it's supposed to straighten your hair as well. Interesting. And so I was looking these up on Amazon and I found one of them. The item is called Hair Straightener Flat Iron HQT 906 Hair Iron Straightening <laughs> Brush Hair Styling Tool Comb with LCD Multicolor Choice. Are you sure that's the right one? I don't know, <laughs> but it seems pretty legit because it has a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> more words equal more legitness. That's true. Yes. Wow. This is peak luxury. But then I was reading this and... You know, a lot of things on Amazon, you're never quite sure where they're sourced from. This doesn't even yeah. actually have a brand on it. it oh, just, that's kind of sketchy. And then I started reading the description. And with all due respect to people who uh, English is not their first language, it always makes me a little bit skeptical of the product <laughs> when, when the description of the product <laughs> is in broken English. Yes. That's kind of what's going on here, because here's the bullet points, okay, from this hairbrush. Number one, it says, world first, no burn, no harm, <laughs> five sec, straighten from comb launched. <laughs> no burn, no harm. Got it. Uh, <laughs> so no burn, no harm. That sounds good. I mean, we don't want harm no, or burn. No, that is good, yeah. So tired of these harm products. <laughs> Here's number two. It is comb, it, it says. Is comb. With, with an exclamation mark. Yay! Which I thought it was a brush, but apparently <laughs> it's also comb. It is comb! Here's my favorite, though. The final bullet point under the product details says, and I quote, All the world ladies will be crazy for it. <laughs> All of the world ladies. Yes. Kara? No exceptions. So uh, let's check with yeah, our resident I've world lady. <laughs> You're a world podcast. lady. I feel very honored. Tell me, on a scale of 906 to HQT, <laughs> how crazy are you for this? Well... The HQT 906 hair iron straightening brush hair styling I, tools comb with LCD multicolor <laughs> choice, Kara. I feel a little skeptical. So I'm right to be concerned. I think you are, and I... I don't know, I feel like I need to try it before I can say that I'm crazy about it, right? <laughs> Is it the second burn warning that got Is you? <laughs> My thing for this week is not quite as entertaining, but it's a podcast. So yeah. one of my favorite authors, Emily Freeman is her name. She is a writer, a blogger, and recently she started a podcast. And it's it's a very short podcast. Their episodes are about 15 minutes at max. Mm -hmm. um, but I was super excited when I discovered this because her mission statement on her blog and whatever she does is to create space for your soul to breathe. And so every time she puts out something new, I'm basically like, yes, please, Emily Freeman. I need this. I need room for my soul to breathe. So this podcast is called The Next Right Thing. The description is for the second guessers, the chronically hesitant, or anyone who suffers from decision fatigue, Emily Freeman helps create a little space for your soul to breathe. And mm. I'm like, wow, awesome. that is me. The chronically <laughs> second guessers, yeah. chronically hesitant anyone who suffers from decision fatigue. That is pretty much the story of my life. So I have really been enjoying this. There's only about three or four episodes out so far, I think. But she just takes 15 minutes to talk about, hey, here's this thing that we all struggle with. Here's how I'm rethinking it. And there's like pretty piano music in the background, which is like <laughs> yeah. a bonus for me. So literally when I'm feeling razzled and I just need to calm down. I'm like, Emily, I need your voice in my head right now. I'm really enjoying it. So decision fatigue is something that yeah. feels like an epidemic problem almost. Like, it yeah. is. Well, because we have so much available at our fingertips 24 seven. I yeah. mean, how can you not be overwhelmed by yeah. what kind of toothpaste to buy when you go <laughs> and stand in that no, aisle? Yeah, exactly. I kept telling myself once I got out of college, life would be easier. Right. You're just faced with more choice and it costs more. Yes. Every decision you make, the stakes are higher. 
fire now. So it's I'm like, true. It's overwhelming. That's so really cool. yeah, this podcast is kind of a helpful breather in the midst of that. So lately I have been stockpiling food, junk food, sodas, energy drinks, because my favorite video game has come out. Oh, it came out last night and I've been playing it nonstop. <laughs> it's called Destiny 2. Yes. And it's what I'm into this week, what I'm going to be into for the next <laughs> year. Um, for the next like 50 episodes <laughs> of Real Talk, this Isaac's is going to be talking about Destiny my 2. My answer. <laughs> this is kind of a game comparable to World of Warcraft. You link up with your buddies and you go on these missions. It's essentially the 21st century bowling night for me and my friend. So <laughs> there you go. Um, the night that it came out, I came home with a little, I'm sorry, you're not going to see me package for my wife. <laughs> uh, Good thinking. I got her the Legend of Korra, the Avatar series on DVD. Nice. <laughs> I got her her favorite chips, a family sized bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> and I got her some Hershey Kisses. Oh. And I said, here's all the kisses that you won't be getting from me. <laughs> oh. Wow. For the next three days, I'm sorry. That's hilarious. And she was weirdly okay with it. She was like, all right, I guess. <laughs> At least you've stocked me up. That's great. And then I'm now uh, sitting in my office playing this game constantly. It's, it's the greatest thing I've ever had. Well, good for you for at least <laughs> yeah. like making an effort there yeah, to uh, nice. provide your wife with something while you're going to be absent. But Very thoughtful. The cardboard cutouts I tried to print of myself didn't turn out, so I had to supplement it with food, I think. That's awesome. Food is probably always a good choice, <laughs> right? Is, like, yeah, true anytime story. Anytime you need to, yeah. I don't know. Say I'm sorry yeah. Yeah. or anything. Even in advance. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> food is good. Candy. Good call there. It is time for a confession session now on Real Talk, and uh, apparently I have to confess to something this week, unfortunately, <laughs> because we all take turns, That's right. and it is my turn. So here's what I have to confess to this week, guys. I have a hard time getting up for church in the morning. Mm. It has nothing to do with my church, by the mm -hmm. way. I like my church. I think this would be a problem no matter what church I attended. Mm -hmm. um, but here's the deal. For the most part, uh, churches, some churches are changing this a little bit, but most churches meet in the morning, mm -hmm. which is not a great start for me because as we've discussed <laughs> on previous episodes, I'm not a morning person. Mm -hmm. Right. But uh, there's something about church on Sundays where it's on the weekend. Yes. And you already get up every single morning to go to work Monday through Friday. Yes. And there's always always on Sunday morning, this temptation for me of being like, I could stay in bed here. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, missing one week wouldn't be that bad. I mean, right. I'm telling myself this every single week. Right. right. <laughs> if I did actually do this, it wouldn't be just once a week. It'd be every week. And that would, that would be a problem, <laughs> obviously. But I am super glad that I am married because without the extra accountability of that, I think mm. this is actually something I would really struggle with. Yeah. Like my wife is on staff at a church, so she doesn't really have the option not to go. Right. So we pretty much have to be there. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing for us because it forces us to be there. Yeah. And I love going to church. Every, whenever I go to church after I'm done, I'm like, oh, I needed that this morning. Right. Right. It's one yeah. of those things where afterwards I recognize the value. It's just going into it. I have a hard time kind of mm -hmm. getting myself psyched up for it. But I I also feel this guilt over that a lot because um, I'm like, shouldn't I want to go to church? I feel this way too. And if this makes you feel better, I actually go to church on Saturday nights, which uh -huh. helps with the morning thing. Right. But there are still times. It doesn't solve the problem. It doesn't completely solve it. Like yeah. there are still days where I'm really tired from a long week and I just think, 
I'm exhausted. I don't, yeah. I don't want to make that. And my church is a little bit farther away. So it's about 45 minutes, which is a good excuse on weekends when I'm really tired right. to be like, well, <laughs> yeah. I totally get the guilt because I live there a lot of my life in the land of guilt. But I think what matters in the end is you still go. Right. And yeah. in the end, you're like, you're still putting in the time you're saying, I may not want to be here, but I know this is good for me. Just like we don't always want to go to work. Right. Right. Yeah. But we still get up and say, this is good for me. I know I'll feel better if I do this. And That's true. And I think I'll go one more, like even the desire, the yeah. fact that you're thinking, okay, I should really address this part of me. I think that says a lot too. When me and my wife were looking around for churches, like when we first got married, we had this thing where like, we didn't want to go meet new people. We're both mm, introverts. So we yes. were like, eh, it's people. So that was kind right. of a crutch for that. We let that be an excuse. And then as we didn't go to church, that problem didn't go away. In fact, it got worse because it's like, <laughs> oh, it's been like six months since we've been to that church. What do we do now? But mm. right. I think the fact that we were wrestling with it led to a discussion of, hey, let's just make an effort now. So right. the fact that you're thinking about it is good. It's funny because as we're going around talking about this, obviously the number of excuses we can come up yeah. with to yeah. not right. want to do it are endless, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's no lack of excuses uh, <laughs> exactly. to, to stay home. I remember in college having some friends in college going to church was always difficult yeah uh, because you already are staying up like way oh, too yeah. late you're up till like three or four in the morning and then you're trying to get up to go to church in the morning <laughs> you have to get up for class right or you yeah. fail and you don't get to stay at school and <laughs> yes. so church was usually the first thing to go for a lot of people mm -hmm. I remember back then having conversations with a lot of friends who myself included I'm not trying to say only other people did this but a lot of us I think tried to justify that behavior and as many ways as possible. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between saying, here are the reasons why this is hard for me mm -hmm. versus actually taking the step of trying to justify it and say, right. mm -hmm. because of these reasons, I don't need to do this mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, because of these reasons, this is hard. I do think there's something so valuable even as an introvert mm -hmm. in going to church and being with other believers. Yeah. I might not want that always as an introvert, but yeah. once I get it, I recognize, wow, I needed that. Yeah. Mm. And if I don't get it after a few weeks, yeah. I start to sink into this really weird funk where I'm going like, I haven't had contact with the outside world for yeah. a while. <laughs> and I want to convince myself that I like that. Yes. But it's actually really, really bad for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel that as an introvert too. It's my turn for the weekly review where we review things that maybe should or shouldn't be reviewed. We don't know, but we're reviewing them because that's what we do. So this week I came back from Labor Day weekend, was catching up on some laundry, and I came into the laundry room and all was well. And I put my laundry in the basket from the dryer and then I turned around. And I started to leave the laundry room and all was not well because there was a scorpion on my floor. Oh, Good Lord. In the laundry room. A scorpion. I've never seen one of these in person and in my house, much less. <laughs> and I was very confused and shocked. And then I grabbed a big shoe and smushed it without hesitation because <laughs> I'm a horrible person like that. Uh, but no, um, I would know. Yeah. The, the very fact that you smushed it is a testament of your bravery. Thank yes, you. Exactly. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, it was scary. And I texted a friend immediately thereafter and said with big, awful emojis and horrified faces saying, I found a scorpion in my house. And, and in uh, your laundry, no less. It wasn't in. Well, yeah, it, it was in your laundry room. In my laundry room. Which, I guess yeah, that would have been even worse. That, oh. if you're like putting on a I would have yeah, no. shirt or my something. House no. <laughs> 
I will say I sat on the couch for a long time and every time I thought about it, I just shook. I just kind of got a little like, oh, this just is shuddering this for is the not next okay. couple of hours. Yeah, yeah. So I texted a friend who has also, she's actually a neighbor down the street and she has had scorpions in her house ah, recently. So I knew have a neighborhood scorpion problem. This is bad. Yeah. So I knew she would sympathize. So she's like, well, we have this special stuff that we put on our doorways and you can come get it. And so I walked down the street and got the special stuff. And then her husband was very kind. He's like, you know, we have this special black light flashlight that scorpions glow in the dark. No. So if you they do, yes, who knew this? That even, just makes them even more. Terrifying. I know. I hate them more now. Even more reason that they're like from the devil. So he's like, I can send this with you if you want. And I was like, I don't want to find one of those. <laughs> like in the the dark. last thing I want to see in the dark is a <laughs> glowing, glowing scorpion, scorpion of death. Yeah. And no. so he was very kind and came over and checked it for me. And I felt like a wimp, but I was like, it's a scorpion. Okay. This is not cool. So even though he assured me that scorpions in Arkansas are not necessarily poisonous in other parts of the country, they can be man it's still a scorpion okay scorpions have got to be like the worst combination right they're like part lobster part part spider part b yeah part hornet yes and your neighborhood has them which did you guys like (laughs) break a tomb somewhere like what what ancient <laughs> Egyptian dig did you violate to where your neighborhood is like, yeah, we're cursed now. Sorry. I don't know. But the best part was my neighbor was like, well, tell your landlord, like, make sure he knows because I know that he knows about him and Terminix will come out and do the things. And I'm like, OK, so I tell my landlord yesterday and he just calmly kind of looks at me and nods and goes, yeah, that happens. <laughs> I was like, no. No, it's just a part of life here. It should not happen. Listen, we've taken a lot of artifacts. (laughs) (laughs) So I am giving finding a scorpion in your house one star out of five. If I could give it zero, I I would. Negative 300 stars. If that was a thing, if I have to give it any one star out of five, just because I have a cool story to tell. But zero, if I'm talking about, (laughs) please, let's not let this happen ever again. time for a real life boss level. We've all played video games where we've had these big scary bosses that we have to fight after fighting all of these other smaller difficult guys, but the big one. This is where you're (laughs) sitting there, your palms get sweaty, and it's just a bad time. So I'm actually dealing with a serious real life boss level this time. It's asking for help and not worrying about inconveniencing other people. Mm -hmm. So this is me having been brought up for 24 years of Self-sufficiency is good. If you have to ask for help, (laughs) you have done something wrong. People are going to be upset with you for it. And they're not going to help you anyway. Oh, poor Isaac. It's not a reflection on how I was raised. I was raised by great people. This is like a total me thing. Oh, yeah. Mm. And the way that I've become aware of it is because I interact with a couple of people in my life where I want to help them so bad. (laughs) And then it occurred to me like, hey, maybe the people you're around also want to help you. Hey. The way you want to help that person. It's true. And they appreciate it when you ask for help. So it's true. Isaac. It's actually been this whole conscious effort I've had to have where it's like, OK, here's a problem. The way I would normally address this is to try to fix it. And if it doesn't work, hope that it goes away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pray that it goes away. And if it doesn't, maybe then past the point of it being 
unbearable unbearable right you wrote someone else in this anymore yeah. and then like, they're going I'm forced into it yeah. yeah it's like having a house fire and going well it was at 2 a.m i didn't want to bother <laughs> you were the sleeping fire department. Like, yeah. i'm the kid like that would be my house yes. i would say well everyone's asleep you think this is a personality thing like you just don't want to inconvenience oh, others most definitely you, yeah. like the thought of being a bother to anyone oh my gosh terrifies me like i super get this this is like my fear like people have a fear of heights and like <laughs> spiders <laughs> I have a fear of anyone going when I'm coming. I'm like, oh. that's like my worst nightmare. So yeah. it's not I just yeah. even possible, Isaac, just saying from somebody who knows you, but I super, <laughs> super get this because I do this on a regular basis with yeah. my closest friends. Of it's all the funny. Things. Yeah. I think there's definitely two types of people when it comes to this. There's those people who are terrified of this, like yeah. you guys. And then people like me, probably delegation is something that uh-huh. I don't. I don't really struggle with like, yeah, it's kind of just a part you of like, yeah, yeah, like I'm going to f- help kind of find your spot, help you find yeah. your right. spot or whatever. Although I do get when you're talking about something very like personal, yes. like yes. I, can hard. you come and do this thing for that's me. very much just for me yeah. that would be a use of your time that's not going to benefit you in any way. Yes. That's definitely a harder yeah. ask. I do, I do get that. Right on. Yeah. If you're dealing with that too, know that you're not alone because asking for help turns out to be good because yes. you get a better relationship with people when you help each other, not just one-sided. So. Well, there so is true. something about being needed and wanted by others, yeah. right? Oh, that yeah. Is, that is a really encouraging thing, yeah. I think. When someone comes to you and says, hey, I could I could use your help, mm-hmm. like, there's something that builds you up when you hear that from somebody else. It yeah. builds your friendship in ways that nothing else can when you know, yeah, I would love to help you, and I know when I need help, you're going to help me too. Right, and you thought of me, yeah. right? Like, right. When, when you needed somebody, yeah. I was one of the people that you thought it's of the best compliment like it really is and you kind of have this moment of mutual vulnerability where you've Mm. told them a problem that you have and then they can come and help you it's cool Now it's time to jump into the big idea today, and we are talking about superheroes, and I am starting us off because I'm super excited. I'm talking about Wonder Woman. That's pretty Uh, much all uh. I care about right now, (laughs) that we're talking about superheroes. So we're starting off with favorites, and Wonder Woman came out, I think, this summer, and she quickly moved to the top of my list as my all-time favorite superhero, yeah. which sounds super cliche, and everyone's rolling their eyes right now, but I don't know. If, I don't know if everybody is, because okay, it good. seems like everybody loved Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yes. I have not talked to somebody who didn't like it. Well, if you do, I would take... <laughs> you will fight them. I will <laughs> take you down. No. Take my last <laughs> life of like Wonder Woman, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Teach you a lesson. Exactly. So I love this movie so much. I went to see it twice in the theaters. I have the date marked on my calendar when it's coming out on DVD. I went to see it with a couple of my best girlfriends, which was even more fun. But I I think not just for women, for everybody, this movie is, is pretty awesome. Some of my favorite things about Wonder Woman, she maintains this incredible balance of being incredibly fierce and incredibly tender and empathetic at the same time. I think most superheroes we see, especially women superheroes, they're like super intense and they're supposed to be, I don't know, I'm just going to come in here and kick everybody's butt. (laughs) But she's very much like that, but not in the same way. She has this incredible tenderness and compassion for mankind that I've never seen in any other Mm. superhero. And Mm. 
some of that comes from her background and the way she was raised. And there may be spoiler alerts here. So sorry if you haven't seen it. I'm so sorry. Please go out and see it as soon as you can. (laughs) So she was raised in this bubble of innocence, this idyllic place that almost resembles Eden. In a lot of movies, innocence, I was reading this in an article recently, innocence becomes this liability for a character, a source of weakness. And it is not that way at all with with Wonder Woman. Her Mm. innocence is a source of strength for her. And yes, at one point that gets challenged. Some of the ideas she has about the world and about mankind aren't necessarily accurate, but instead of just abandoning her principles, she expands them. It was such a moving film for me in so many ways. As a woman, I just came out of that going, you can be tenacious and tender at the same time. This is possible and it's possible to hang on to both of those and for them to strengthen each other and not fight each other. Well, that seems to be a tension that we're kind of dealing with culturally. Yeah. Especially for women at the moment. Oh my goodness. With kind of the the feminist movement. Right. There's this kind of renewed focus being put on Mm -hmm. women can be fierce. Women can be tough. Women can be leaders and they can be all of those things. And I agree. Yeah. But then a lot of women are really great mothers, not just mothers to children, Mm. but they kind of have this mothering instinct that comes out in a lot of different ways in relationships with a lot of different people. Protective. And that doesn't necessarily have to go away with women being leaders and tough and tenacious. Not at all. Maybe Wonder Woman is a good example of a character who embraces both of those things and sits right in the middle of that. Yeah. And it doesn't weaken her at all to embrace both of them. It makes her even more amazing and even more Wonder Woman, (laughs) I guess. The other part of that tension that you mentioned, which I think is another thing that we're dealing with culturally, is this tension between idealism and realism, right? Oh my goodness, So understanding the world, that it's a bad place Mm. and that there's a lot of bad people and there's bad things that happen that can make us very, very cynical. And you see this like cynicism crop up actually in a lot of other superhero stories. Oh, yeah. You have a lot of characters who that's like their story arc, right? As they become super cynical and jaded with the world. Right. Even like Captain America, right? Yeah. This like super idealistic Mm. character and has this idealistic view of the United States. In the later parts of his like story, he gets very, very cynical and very caught up in all these internal conflicts. And so, yeah, there's kind of this tension in our world today on the same thing. If you look at the world through rose tinted glasses, like you're not looking at a realistic view of the world. Right. 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 But then there's also this sense of shouldn't we have some sort of idealism somewhere in our hearts? Like of like believing at our core that we can make progress and that we can make the world Mm. a better place. I mean, because if you lose that completely. Yeah. Then you lose your motivation to do anything about it. Right. So Wonder Woman is kind of like the embracing of nuance as like a character. Like it's kind of, there's both. It's a beautiful thing. What's it like to have a superhero you love? (laughs) (sighs) It's amazing. I've never had one I loved so much, but I take it that you don't quite have the same (laughs) affection. Um, No. So I have a troubled relationship with (laughs) Spider-Man. And the Spider-Man depictions of Peter Parker. Okay, I'm just going to dive into this. I was exposed to Spider-Man comics. It was my first superhero. I didn't know what superheroes were uh-huh. until I knew Spider-Man. Oh, so okay, okay. I dove into this. I'm nine years old. I'm going, oh, he's a high schooler. This guy's cool. Yeah. And that right? nerdy <laughs> Peter to Parker. Him a little bit. I'm yeah. like, what a cool guy. Look at his glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I was on board before the spider bite. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm good. That's awesome. Peter is in high school. I'm a young little kid reading about him. And he's this kind of punk. He gets these superpowers and he still decides to help people 
while being a punk. And I'm like, (laughs) this is the best. Good for you. As I've grown older, I have watched myself grow up, go through high school, and I'm now out of college, but I have watched Peter Parker go back to high school several times. (laughs) Yes. And it's this weird... I'm looking at my own mortality through Peter Parker, like staying like the Spider-Man story hasn't progressed for me uh, at you've all. You've passed him by. I, I've uh, laughed at him were, several you were times. You younger than him and now you're older. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. But it's just weird because I've seen so many different versions of Spider-Man. I like all of them, but convincing other people to get into Spider-Man is yeah. so hard now because... They're like, oh, well, it's going to get a reboot in two years anyway. Exactly. It's like you can't get invested in the stories now because you know that a reboot is going to come with a new actor. That's true. (laughs) The the latest Spider-Man movie came out. My wife was like, hey, do you want to go see it? I honestly was kind of like, eh, I could take it or leave it. Right. Because I'm like, well, I've already seen that story multiple times. No one needs to know how he got bit by the spider. (laughs) Then I actually went and watched the latest one. And I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I liked it. And I liked that they kind of skipped over some of sure. that stuff oh, that we've already seen before. Yeah, that's good. Like the origin, origin yeah. part. Yeah. But I did have a hard time getting to that point where I was yeah. even willing to go see it because it felt like it was kind of tired. Mm. And I've delved into the comic books. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about part of having a fandom and part of having something you enjoy is sharing it with people yeah. yes. and like letting them get on board with you. It is. It's hard to do this when they know. Eh, they're going to redo it in two years. I'll catch it then. Yeah. Like, no, you don't need to wait until like Samuel L. Jackson is playing Spider-Man <laughs> to get into I, it with I me. I would go watch that though. <laughs> Wouldn't you watch that? Okay. Yeah. I would, <laughs> everybody would watch that. If you can keep the Nick Fury eye patch, I'll watch it. That's awesome. Yeah. We've watched like Batman age, like Ben Affleck as Batman. Like he's an yeah. older kind of more uh, like yeah. sage, angry grandpa Batman. And, <laughs> but we've kept 16 year old Peter Parker. So, Kara, you're deriving all of these cool values and stuff from your favorite superhero. (laughs) And I'm sitting here going like, I have this high schooler that I keep watching become a superhero. (laughs) And I'm just getting older. And I'm like, what can Spider-Man teach me? I don't know. Stay young forever. (laughs) Never leave high school. And try your hardest to get bit by a spider. Like, that's that's, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. yeah. So I need the later Batman, like, grumpy Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That's what I want. See, and that's funny because Batman, on the other hand, has grown up. Yes. And so he has a more, I think, fleshed out story arc yeah. to some extent than, mm. say, Spider-Man does. But I have my own problems with Batman. I had also lump Iron Man into this category. Both of mm. them are in a category of superhero that... I'm not too sure about. I I enjoy (laughs) watching the movies and stuff and eating some popcorn. Yeah. But part of what I love about certain superheroes, like, say, Wonder Woman, is this innocence that that Mm -hmm. you were talking about. And even Spider-Man has this to some degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. The famous Spider-Man phrase of, like, with great power comes great Great responsibility, responsibility, right? right. So this idea that they were thrust into this hero role that they never really wanted in the first place. Right. But they're learning how to deal with it now that they're there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Batman, on the other hand, (laughs) is like this super rich guy who has no superpowers, by the way, and who just decides, you know what? I want to be a superhero like all these other people. I didn't didn't get a spider bite. I didn't grow up in some weird place like the Amazonians or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get gifted with supernatural powers through some like cosmic incident or something. (laughs) But I have a lot of money. So I'm going to buy my way into being a superhero. And then I'm going to be super grumpy about it, too. On top of that. Like, I'm going to be mad all the time. (laughs) Iron Man, I feel like, fits the same bill of the grumpy rich dude who buys his way into being a superhero 
and then yeah. somehow becomes the leader of the other superheroes. Right. Yeah. Like, how did that happen? Even though he doesn't have any superpowers. And then he just grouses about it, like, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. This is so hard. I like, you made this problem for yourself. I'm like, yeah, you didn't want to do this. You could go back to just being a rich billionaire. And no like, one knows your view yet. Right. Stop. You don't have to keep doing <laughs> this. True. No one's making you. Yeah. I'm um, going to give you a distinction between Iron Man and Batman, though. So okay. Iron Man develops through, like, he's kidnapped by a group of terrorists, and he makes their rudimentary Iron Man suit to get away from him. That's okay. true. Well, like, that's, yeah. So he's a little more forced into it's it, It's a little perhaps. bit forced into it. And also, he starts to reconcile with the fact that his company's been making weapons, and he like, has oh, an issue yeah, with that. So people, there's a yeah. little bit more of a light side to Iron Man. That's true. I'm picturing Bruce Wayne sitting on his yacht like, I should really start beating up people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my, God. my parents got shot. I'm going to wear pajamas. <laughs> and this is how I deal with my grief. I'm so angry right Okay, now. but speaking of <laughs> costumes, though, you did Batman voice, care. Speaking Thanks. of costumes, the other problem that I have with Batman is, if you're going to be a superhero, it's B-Y-O-A. Bring your own abs. <laughs> Okay, you have to be ripped and you have to have your own abs. You, you cannot just create a costume that has abs that you just wear. Like, that's so Batman to me. It's like, so cheating. Sitting on the yacht going, yes. you know what, I could work out. You know? like, but instead, I'm going to create a costume that just With has abs. abs so that I look ripped. That's yeah. awesome. I suppose he probably is ripped. I don't know, too, because yeah. all, Those abs all are, superheroes they're are. They're 3D but, printed. They're not. <laughs> There's nothing there. That's caviar and wine. That's pretty awesome. I will say the one Batman I am a fan of is Lego Batman. He's he's the best. I do appreciate Lego Batman. Yes, because it takes almost the ridiculousness of Batman and and just pretty much fun of it for two hours straight. But weirdly, there's more lessons in morality to be derived from Lego Batman (laughs) because this is a man looking at his own selfishness and going, "Wow." I have people I could care about around me and you care about me. Well, wow. I have people around me you just that heard, I care about. You just heard my attempt at Batman and but, it's not fair that you did yours right sorry. after because it was sorry. so much better. Well done. I do love Lego Batman. Yeah. For everything I dislike about regular Batman, Lego we, Batman I love. Yeah. Because it's just that movie the best. just cracks me up and I hope there are many, many more Lego superhero movies yeah. to come. I'll Lego be honest Batman. though, I didn't watch Lego Batman for the morals. No, no. I watched it for the one-liners. Oh, yeah. And there are so many many, of them. So many good ones. I'm sorry. I have incredible reflexes. It's got to be like my favorite line. If I was if I was a superhero, that would be my go to line. I would apologize for being so talented and so amazing. I'm like, blessing yeah, super hard right, right now. That would totally be my superhero personality. That is, that is classic. OK, so let me ask this question. We have superhero movies and we have a lot of them. Yes. Okay, I don't even know how many Marvel movies there are. Thousands. <laughs> over, <laughs> over five. <laughs> so many. Somewhere between five and a thousand, we have determined. And then we not only have superhero movies, but we have like the Lego Batman thing, right? Right. right. Like superhero meta movies. Yeah. And superhero shows, like television shows. That's true. Yeah. You know? So are you tired of superhero movies? Hmm. Honestly, I still enjoy them and I feel like I shouldn't I feel like it's a little <laughs> like bit, it's not cool. I feel like Isaac we is giving me a look over so, here. <laughs> we should be so over them. We right should now. be so done with this. But I don't know. I don't enjoy all of them, I'll say that. But even a good cheesy this isn't in the Marvel or DC universe. I watched Power Rangers the other day, like yeah, to take I a trip. Seen that, but. It was actually kind of fun. I enjoyed it. So I don't know. I think they're still enjoyable to me. I think they're still 
some fun, I don't know. Is there room for originality in superhero tales? Definitely. I mean, I would say the Wonder Woman movie brought hope back to the superhero universe because it was totally different than the stereotypical. And I think that's why people loved it so much because it was totally different. It was set in World War II. And so there were so many things about it that were original and unique. So, yeah. I think part of the reason that people are really kind of starting to experience fatigue with superhero movies has a lot to do with the Marvel Mm -hmm. cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. There's just so much going on there. It's really cool that they've created this universe where all these disparate movies tie together. And I really like certain aspects of that. But there are also aspects of it that I think make movie making really difficult. Yeah. Because every time they make a new Marvel movie, even if it's about a completely new character, I feel like they also have all this stuff that they've got to tie. Exactly. Into the strands of the movie as well. That's why I like movies like, say, Guardians of the Galaxy, where even though it's a Marvel movie, it kind Mm -hmm. of exists outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to some degree. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be brought back for Avengers or whatever. They're going to be included in that. That's what I've heard. Interesting. But I do like that they kind of exist outside of the rest of that universe. It it gives it so much more room to breathe and make Mm -hmm. the story interesting. You don't have to focus on all of these plot points and carrying plot strands through. It Mm -hmm. gives you more time to just develop the characters that are in the movie. And I think two examples of that lately, Guardians of the Galaxy has been one where they do some really fun character development. And then obviously Wonder Woman uh, has been a really good example of like a fresh new story that doesn't bear the weight of all of these other stories. Yes, And you have plenty of room to work on that character and that story and make it something where people are going to watch it Mm. and have this really deep connection to it because of some of the themes you've been able to bring out of it. I was reading about a couple of articles that were written comparing Greek mythology to superhero movies now. And we all had this concept of a all powerful being who does what they can to help people who are less powerful. And it's a recurring theme all throughout history. You can go back and say, oh, well, there's all of these guys like you have Greek gods and Roman mythology Mm -hmm. and all of these figures who they came down from the heavens and saved everyone. That's (laughs) that's literally Avengers 2. Like that (laughs) happens. So I think we love to picture these strong people who consciously make the effort to help others weaker than that person. Yeah, we have so many historical examples of this from the like epic of Gilgamesh to like the Iliad and the Odyssey. Mm -hmm. Even in the Bible, there are examples of this type of storytelling. Like Samson is a good example of that. And so we've long had heroes and and villains and in our storytelling and modern superhero movies just kind of seem to be the continuation of that. As you guys were talking, it occurred to me that could it be that this is something inside of us that points to the need for a savior? I know we're talking about different little gods with little G's, but we're all wanting that. We crave Mm -hmm. that because Mm -hmm. our world is chaotic and confusing. And so a lot of times when I'm watching a superhero movie. It makes me draw parallels and say, yeah, we've got a savior. Jesus is all of this and more. And not all the superheroes obviously are good parallels <clears throat> like the, you know, rich jerks who <laughs> right. just buy their way in. But there are sometimes even little glimpses that I think we get of that's the hope that I have mm-hmm. is that we have a savior who is real and present and in us and also empowering us to go out and help others like these people are doing. As we wrap up episode three of Real Talk, we are going to take just a few minutes to talk about our songs that are on repeat this week for each of us. So my song is uh, Cody Carnes, 
That's what freedom feels like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what freedom feels like. This is what freedom feels like. I don't know if you guys have uh, heard this one, had a yes. chance to hear it. It's playing on Real FM right now. Cody Carnes is an interesting guy. He's a, a worship leader. He started out, I think, at uh, Gateway Worship, uh, which was a church, I believe, out of Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And then this year, he signed a record deal with Capital Music Group. He's also married to Carrie Job. So oh, okay. if you know Carrie Job, that's a connection to Cody Carnes. Interesting. And he's a worship leader. But if you listen to a lot of his music, this song included, it doesn't necessarily sound like the traditional Chris Tomlin worship sound right. that you might be used to. And if you go back and, and you listen to the lyrics, it's very much worship oriented. Right. But he's very creative musically. Huh. And I really like that because I love worship music. But I think modern contemporary worship music has kind of gotten a bad rap a little bit from some of its stereotypes and it tends to fall into some very similar patterns. You yeah. know, if, if you're a musician, you kind of understand the three chord like yes. worship song or whatever. And and Cody Carnes breaks out of a lot of that mm. and comes up with a unique take musically on some worship songs that mm. I really appreciate. So mine for this week, I'm a little bit divided on actually. Anson introduced me to last week, uh, Walk on Water from 30 Seconds to Mars. the minute he played it here in the studio just to say hey what do you think of this and I was singing it like the rest of the afternoon <laughs> because it's so catchy yeah and I listened to it quite a bit on my trip over Labor Day weekend and then even just a little bit ago I was listening to it again but I have mixed feelings about it okay. I'm trying to figure it out which is maybe a problem I tend to overthink things a little bit so the music video they used footage from people all over the United States from July 4th and put it together, this montage. Um, and the video is actually kind of cool, but I'm having trouble deciding what is this song? Like, is it a nationalistic anthem? Is it a stick it to the man? Like satire? Is it just a, Hey, we're all American. We're all, we're all in this together. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter, but cause I really like it musically, but I just feel confused about it, but I keep listening to it cause it's very catchy. What do you think the song is? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> She's asking. I'm us. asking for help. Yeah. This is just my own personal interpretation of it. Uh -huh. The phrase that jumps out at me from the song is times are changing. Right. And so I think there's kind of just this self-awareness from the song yeah. that we seem to be in a period in American history that may be looked back on in a similar way to say like the civil rights movement yes. of the sixties or pick another decade mm -hmm. or era from American history right. that right. has had pretty big implications on the future of our country. Yeah. And I think there's kind of this bubbling recognition that's starting to occur now that we may be in one of these kind of formative periods as a yeah. nation. Uh, makes sense. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of unrest and we don't really know exactly how it's going to turn out right. or whether it's going to be good or bad or probably some combination of the two. Mm, what now? What's next? What are we going to do? Where do you want us to go? Huh. Where are we going from here? That makes sense. 
My on repeat this week is Silence by Marshmallow. I found peace in your vibes. Can't show me there's no point in trying. I'm at one. And I've been quiet for so long. Mostly because I love marshmallow themed things now. Um, <laughs> this is like a really good, I'm into the genre of kind of chill hop, kind of lo-fi hip hop right mm-hmm. now almost. And Silence by Marshmallow is one of those songs that's just kind of got this really cool driving just mellowed out beat to it. I love it. Like I've been literally repeating this thing like mm-hmm. every day. It's a good one. It's a super interesting song. We had an interesting discussion about that last week as well. Yeah, trying I, to figure out what that one means. What is it? Well, yeah, and it's <laughs> got like this kind of deceptively catchy beat to it, but yeah. then the lyrics are like way introspective. And yes. like, it threw me for a loop, man. It's it's a good song. I yeah. love pop music that has that mm. deep kind of layer to yeah. it lyrically yeah. where you're kind of just tapping your foot to it and then you go, wait, wait what's there's, like, there's more to the song than just dance at the club which tends to be a lot of what pop music is about and the music behind it makes you want to feel like dancing at the club but then you have this line i'll just read it because it's so good i'm in need of a savior but i'm not asking for favors my whole life i felt like a burden i think too much and i hate it Mm. that's 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 deep that doesn't belong with a cool hip-hop beat yeah it it went there and it's cool and the song works i think because of khalid i don't know how much you guys have listened to him he is what i think he's 18, 19 years old. Really? Yeah, he's just out of high school. I didn't realize that. And he has a voice. You go listen to Khalid's other stuff as well. Even if you're not a fan of the style of music, if you're musically inclined at all, you will be super impressed with what he does vocally. He's really, really talented. Well, that is our show for episode three. We're just knocking these out, guys. We're becoming like old podcast professionals. (laughs) I did the whole thing with my eyes closed. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, you can't see Isaac, but it's true. I can vouch for him. (laughs) Actually, I don't know that we're professionals at all, but we're having fun, and that's the important part, right? Yes. Thank you for joining us uh, for episode three. We'll see you again next week for episode four. listening to the real talk podcast from real fm wake up with isaac from 7 to 10 a.m and catch real talk with anson and kara from 4 to 7 p.m live every weekday on real fm radio the views and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent or reflect the views of john brown university klrc radio or real fm